Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie. Got a couple good, fine co-hosts joining me tonight. We got the one and only Bobby McCready. What's going on, man? What's going on, Carter? How are you, man? Long time no talk, it feels like. <laughs> it has been a while, dude. It has been a while. We bankrolled a lot of these and, you know, maybe we're a little rusty now, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're definitely rusty, but we won't let anybody else know how long it takes us to edit this, right? <laughs> That's right. Nobody needs to know. And coming at us from the great state of Kentucky, we got Josh Reed. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Appreciate y'all having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Well, I know you guys like whitetail as much as I do, so I thought this would be fitting. Um, this doesn't. This topic tonight, I guess, doesn't really just apply to whitetail, but that's all I have on my brain right now. Um, going to pull cards tomorrow, and we're going to have to compare Bobby um and josh i know you're running cameras too actually and we're all using uh rat getter products as well so we'll have to compare pictures and see what's what's going on that's Sounds not good. fair i'm from new jersey come on <laughs> <laughs> i can send you a couple man i shoot i'm i'm yeah. just i can't wait we got about another month here in kentucky ours is the first weekend of september so i'm starting to start to really think about it. i need to get that bow out and start shooting some more too heck yeah and uh, yeah, that brings us, you know, kind of perfectly dovetails into what we're going to talk about here. And all of us hunt kind of similar situations, actually. We were talking before we press record and we all got kind of similar setups and we all hunt smaller. Uh, we have access to a couple different smaller private tracts of land. And um, our, our topic tonight is, you know, access to private um, tips and tricks to how to make that happen, how to maintain it. Um, and how you can help that fall into your lap. Uh, no knock against public, but I like I like the accessibility of private. I like knowing the landowner. I like knowing nobody's going to be coming stomping through the woods during my hunt or set up a tree stand a hundred yards from me. Uh, you know, there's a little more that you can control in a private land situation. Yeah, I feel like this is a perfect episode for people that are always asking us, hey, you know how can I get out there and find some spots and find some areas to hunt? Like this is uh this is your episode here to, to really listen up and trying to get some ideas. Yeah. I think, uh, I think too, man, I know at least where I'm at in Kentucky, you know, there's, there's a couple of WMAs, uh, you know, and like small pieces of public, you know, but some of them, like there's one that's close to me and you know, the regulations are, are crazy. So, I mean, not everybody has access or has even public close to them. Um, so this is a, really good way to try to uh, just gain more access, man. If you, if you like to hunt and like to hunt multiple species, whatever it is, I mean, you, you can't ever have too many options. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll just go around the, go around the horn here and see um, what kind of tips you guys got and maybe how some of these properties fell into your lap. Cause you know, you never really know, right? Uh, Bobby, you were just telling us about <laughs> one of your customers and <laughs> you want to walk us through that. Yeah. So, uh, I got a few different places where I actually, just, you know, where I'm allowed to hunt next to places. And uh, a while back ago, I was talking to one of my customers who we service for a long time, I mean, years. And he lives in a small little house with no property and never actually like talked to him deeply about hunting or anything. And then one day I saw he had a, uh, a Pheasants Forever sticker on his truck. And I'm like, oh, that's I kicked it right off. I'm like, hey, are you local to, you know, in your local chapter? He goes, oh, no, I just moved here, and, you know, I was thinking about getting involved. I go, that's funny, because I'm actually the 
chapter president for your area. So I'm like, let's start talking about hunting a little bit here. So long story short, me and him got to uh, talking about pheasants and I was talking about my dogs and everything. He's like, oh, you know, that's funny. I, uh, I actually have about 15 leases that I lease out into this in this state. And then my eyes just lit up like a kid on Christmas and just said, I I just fell in love with a 90 year old man and this is how it's going to go down. I'm like, this is it. I'm getting hunting property here. So basically uh, we talked a lot and I never actually asked him right up front, like, Hey, can I hunt your lease? Cause I feel like he gets that all the time. And uh, one day he actually went to his house. I noticed his grass was high and I said, Hey, do you need a hand? I'll, I'll give you a hand, you know, cut the front yard real quick for you. So I did, and he said to me, he's like, hey, I have a property a couple towns away. Do you mind just cutting the front yard for there? He's like, I'll pay you. I'm like, no, hold on to your money. I'll, I, no problem. I'll cut it this weekend for you just to help you out. And uh, he, he really appreciated it, cut it for him, did everything. And then that actually ended up being the lease I took over from him because he asked me, he's like, hey, you know, you maintain the property really well. You posted it for me. You, you want to take it over? And that was the... Uh, one of the best uh, introductions, like you got the halo wings coming down and he was showing me pictures of deer on there. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is the day. I was uh, very ecstatic to say the least about that. You peaked. <laughs> That's when it doesn't get any oh, better. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you talk about falling in love with a, with the old man. I, I've got a buddy, man, that made me think of that I used to work with that he, uh, he started dating this new girl. And I guess her, her dad had like 400 acres, like over in West Virginia in the mountains. And, uh, he's like, I, right, man, I'm just going to have to marry her. <laughs> I'm like, you better. <laughs> Josh, I don't think people realize when they ask you like, Hey, can I hunt your land? Like you don't know how many years of ass kissing I've done to work up to that spot. Like you need to start puckering up now to somebody, a neighbor or someone, because I, I've been kissing ass too long now. So <laughs> someone else's turn. Hey, it's a uh, it's a process, man. It, you gotta you gotta warm up to it. It's not something you just walk up and you know you gotta lay the groundwork. That's for sure. Yeah, the things we do for hunting access, right? Absolutely, it's worth it. That's good, man. You never know who's gonna be you know walking into your life and and have an opportunity like that. So that's I mean that's that's number one is just networking, right? Yeah, just be nice to everybody. You never know who you're gonna be talking to and. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I got a couple up here in the mountains, up in Dahlonega. Uh, a couple small pieces. One's 80, one's 27, and one's 65 acres, uh, which have all been phenomenal properties. And those kind of came across the same way. I mean, um, Jeff, he's a cattle farmer who owned our house in college. He was our landlord. And uh, he would always come by on the tractor and stop in and you know how old timers will do you know you better have an extra 45 minutes to an hour or else uh, you're going to be late for whatever you got going on and uh i always love talking to him and just hearing him tell stories and i always was out there taking care of the yard and trying not to be a typical college piece of shit and take care of the house and have a little pride in wherever i was living and uh he really liked that and i ended up you know, helping him move cows and helping him during calving season um, and helping him fix fences and things like that. And, you know, as I kept doing, you know, more and more small jobs, helping him out with things because he was getting a little older, um, that turned into I felt comfortable enough to ask for uh, squirrel hunting permission. So that was kind of my one of my tips tonight is start <laughs> start low 
and then you can graduate, right? Don't go straight for, hey, can I have, uh, you know, exclusive rights to hunt deer on your property? I was like, hey, would you mind if I just, you know, one afternoon went and walked this section of woods um, and took a few squirrels and he was like, oh yeah, man, like I'd love that. That'd be awesome. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring a, uh, I'll bring a trash bag with me and I'll pick up whatever, whatever trash or whatever's in the woods uh, for you. Um, he's like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. And then uh, I guess that happened enough times where he <laughs> wasn't qu- questioning what I was doing and I was bringing out bags and bags of trash as is uh, typical of Appalachian haulers up here is just trash everywhere. And uh, that turned into exclusive uh, hunting rights, uh, which is really awesome. So, you know, tip number one, I guess, um, just be helpful to someone you've got your eye on their property. Um, just, you know, start with simple jobs, especially if that person's getting older, do the jobs that they don't want to do, uh, fixing fences or moving cows or whatever it is, whatever the situation is. Um, and then I always, always, always carry a big contractor bag, like one of the big tough contractor bags in my pack. And I always pick up as much trash as possible on these properties. Um, one, it's the right thing to do. And two, you're helping out somebody who's definitely doing you a service. So is that the, uh, is that the property you've talked about on the podcast where you had some issues with some trespassing and stuff when you were turkey hunting? That is a, I'm referring to a different, um, gotcha. property right now, but same situation in that one. So the, the property owner of where I killed my turkey and had the trespassers, his name is Ed. Uh, and same thing. He's, he's getting up there in age. He's in his seventies and, uh, dealing with a little bit of cancer and was slowing down. And I was in college and local when I was teaching early in my career, uh, I'm 30 minutes away. And so that's been immensely helpful just to be up there, uh, and help him out. And honestly, selfishly, I learned tons from, uh, I'm sure this is a similar story to everybody else, but they've been incredible mentors to me as far as woodsmanship and <laughs> carpentry and, just the useful homesteading and ranch work kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, I guess my other tip would be uh, check in on whoever's giving you access or allowing you to be on their property. Check in on them throughout the year. Don't just call them every August or every September when deer season rolls around. Hey, Jeff, would you mind if I you know, come hunting. Um, I send Christmas cards. That's always been awesome. I mean, it's, it's too easy. Like, and if you build a relationship with these people, like you want to give them a Christmas card anyways. Right. Um, you know, during calving season, I'll call up Jeff and be like, Hey, do you need an extra hand? Uh, I can run up there and help you out or whatever. Um, so call and check in, uh, on these, on these individuals when it's not just, a selfish intention. Yeah, man, to kind of kind of feed off what you just said, check it in, you know. I uh I read a book. Oh, let me try to remember. It's called A Look at Life from the Deer Stand, I believe. Uh Steve Chapman, I think, is the author. Um and uh it's actually it's a uh it's a devotional, a Bible study, but one one part of it that kind of stood out to me when it was talking about gaining access and keeping access to private land, it said that uh Think about the hunting property like a big plate of breakfast, which I know is kind of, you know, interesting. But 
uh, said that if somebody invited you over for breakfast, you wouldn't come in their house, not say a word to them, sit down, eat all the breakfast, and get up and leave without saying thanks. So hunting property the same way. Check on them. If, if you're going in and out and you see them outside, stop and say hello, say thankful, show your gratitude. So that, that kind of stuck with me, one of the few things that stuck with me out of that. But be thankful, man, and always uh, show your appreciation because it goes a very long way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you mentioned earlier, uh, help fill <laughs> that family's freezer, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I killed a... Uh, I killed a deer last year um, and I'll talk in a second about how I kind of gained access to the property and things like that. But, uh, you know, I killed the deer and I mean, took bags and bags to the, to the landowner and just, I was like, man, I I can fill your freezer, you know, in Kentucky, um, you can only kill one antler deer in a year, but, um, like in the zone that I'm in, I can kill four, I can kill four does. And if I want to keep killing them, I can keep buying tags, you know? So we, uh, we actually do a, uh, it's like hunters or hunters for the hungry. Uh, there's a local processor over here, man. It's really cool that if you, uh, if you kill more deer than you really need, you can just go drop them off and they donate them to, uh, to needy families. But I normally always try to do that and then help out the, uh, take care of the landowners along the way too. Yeah. And that's kind of too easy, right? That's a no brainer that that should be like number one, whenever you get a deer down, of course you want to share that with whoever the landowner is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you want to walk us through how you got uh, permission, like you just mentioned, man, go for it. Yeah, man. I, I think uh, I actually, my uh, my wife and I, when we first, uh, when I first started teaching, I moved away from where I grew up. You know, we lived about an hour and a half away in Louisa, Kentucky. And we actually just moved back closer to the area. Um, you know, my dad, we're lucky enough. My dad has a, uh, has a hunting farm. It's still about 45 minutes away. So it's not super convenient. Um, we do hunt there quite a bit, you know, but I wanted to try to find something just close to the house where, you know, if I get home from school at, you know, three, especially early in the year, I can just grab the bow and go hop in the sand, you know. Um, but, um, you know, we bought our house and we remodeled it. And about two months later, I seen somebody on the street next to us that, uh, that was moving in and uh, walked over and talked to the guy. And turns out it was actually a guy that I used to play baseball with. Um uh, you know, when I, when I was in high school, you know, I hadn't talked to him in probably 10, 12 years, um, you know, and, and after talking with him and, you know, helping him out with, with a few things and just basically catching up as buddies, you know, it took about a month. Um, like you said, Bobby, you got to lay the groundwork, but uh, it, uh, and finally, I was actually, I was still driving to Louisa. It's about a 45 minute drive. And I had like two, two hunting trips early in the year, man, where I drove like 45 minutes. I sat almost all day long, didn't see a deer. It's like 85 degrees and mosquitoes and it's just miserable. And then I would come home and like in the field by the house, there'd be like five to 10 deer out in the field, you know? And I'm like, man, this just, you know, it's a kick in the gut. But finally, uh, I caught him outside and he's like, we got to talk. And he's like, man, I tell you what, he's like, anytime you want to go over there and just kind of check the property out, man, you just, you go ahead, buddy, anytime you want. And I'm like, like you said, man, the, the halo's open and the sky's open and you're like a kid on Christmas morning. But, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I, uh, I went over there, scouted it out and probably two weeks later had a, had a pretty nice deer on the ground. So I, um, I, as far as keeping access, like we kind of talked about, man, 
fill the freezer, be generous. Um, I think that's kind of a no brainer, but, um, be very grateful. Don't forget to say thank you. Cause I, I know at times we kind of can, but when you sit back and you kind of look at the big picture, you know, thank you can go a very, very long way. Um, I, uh, I always offer to, to help, help him out with things. And he's like, ah, oh, man, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, buddy, look, if I go over there and kill another big deer this year, I'll probably start washing your truck for you once a week and start cutting your grass for you. So it's all good. Trust me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Be a good person because you never really know, uh, you never really know what's going to happen, you know, uh, be authentic and, and just try to be an all around good person because, you know, I could, I could have been a complete jerk 12, 15 years ago and that would have never happened. You know, he would have saw that I was his neighbor and he probably would have got pissed off and went back inside, you know? So, um, you never really know whenever, uh, whenever it's going to come back to bite you or come back and help you in the long run. Heck yeah, man. And now it's come full circle for me. Like <clears throat> I don't own a lot of land, but we've got enough here to hunt and shoot decent deer on. And I, I love having people come over and hunt off my place. Um, and that's been really rewarding because, you know, I'm not going to forget those individuals who kind of took me under their wing and allowed me to do the same on their property. So that's been pretty cool. Dude, absolutely. And I think, um, I think too, you know, we kind of focus on work and, and, uh, helping them out, lending a helping hand. Um, but you know, one of the biggest things too, if you think about it, you're, you're trying to basically prove to that landowner that, you know, one, you're trustworthy, you're trustworthy, you're ethical, um, you know, and you're just a good person and they're going to trust you to be on their land. So, you know, I think I, I read an article is, uh, I think it was on bone collector, um, and they were talking about, you know, this topic and they said that whenever you show to lend a helping hand and show that you're a hard worker, most of the time that kind of goes hand in hand with being ethical because people who are unethical and, and not trustworthy and uh, they talked about poachers, you know, poachers aren't going to go work hard. They're going to take the shortcut. So they're not going to be the person that's going to step out and try to lend a helping hand and be a good person. So you kind of that kind of goes hand in hand. If you're helpful, it shows that, uh, you know, you're ethical and you're, you're willing to do the right thing and you're trustworthy. Do you guys, just out of curiosity for myself, are you guys the only ones that hunt those lands or do you guys have like, do they allow other people and do they hunt themselves on that land as well? So one of them that I hunt, there is a son-in-law. I got beat out by a son-in-law this year. It was just me for 10 years. And I just, you know, I didn't marry into the family. So son-in-law got, he got a little bit of dibs, but it turns out I like to hunt more than him. So I was there more frequently. Um, and I think I, uh, anyways, I think I killed the dandy eight pointer that he may have been gunning for, but you, you had 10 years to put a ring on that old man, take his property. (laughs) (laughs) I was young and naive. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, but that's the only one I have to share. The other ones I have free reign on, which is awesome. And the, the 65 acres came because he's been pleased with how I've treated his property. And he gave me access to the other 65 acres just this past year, which was awesome. Yeah. I think that's too, what you talked about, just kind of start small and then that leads to more opportunities. But, um, the specific piece of property that I just talked about. Um, I'm the only one that has access to it, which is nice. Cause I kind of have free reign to, you know, 
I don't have to worry about, you know, other people. Um, now the property owner, he does hunt. Um, he's actually, um, a retired military. I think he was in the air force, I believe. Um, he spent a lot of time, um, I think in Utah, um, and just moved back home. Um, so he's, uh, he's kind of getting back into hunting. So I think the plan is to, uh, I told him I'd put him in a good spot and do all the scouting and, and do all the work and try to video him, uh, killing one this year so that's that's the plan that's awesome man yeah that's really cool i love it well it's always something that you know inevitably we're always trying to it's always in the back of our mind right access to wherever we can hunt and pieces of private and access come and go and i've had them pulled from under me and you know i'm you know i had the farm sold and you know sometimes you lose access or people move or new owners come in and I lost 250 acres last year because a new owner came in and wanted nothing to do with uh, anybody hunting it. So they come and go. So I think these are all uh, these are all good tips, man. And you know, don't be shy. Definitely pick out the piece of property you want uh, access to, and, and don't be shy about it. Go up and present your best self and say, "Hey, this is this is who I am, and this is how I can help." And you know, what can I do? Not, "Hey, I want something from you," but you know, how can I kind of be of of service to you? Yeah, absolutely, man. And you said don't be shy. I mean, that's that's the one thing to think about. I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. So don't be shy. Ask. And um, you know, you said present yourself your best your best self. You're only gonna make one first impression. So, you know, if you show up and, you know, you look like a like a bum, then you're probably gonna <laughs> they're probably gonna say no, you know. So um but like I said, man, you only you only make one good first impression. Don't be afraid to ask because, I mean, the worst thing they can do is say no and, you know, be prepared for that because, you know, more often than not, that might be the answer. You never know. They might have been rubbed, might have been burned by a hunter 20 years ago, you know, and they're just, you know, hey, no, that's, that's you know, and there's no really, really other way around it. So you just never really know the situation. And like I said, I think if you're just ethical and uh, a good dude all the way around, then things kind of take care of themselves. Heck yeah, man. Bobby, you got any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say this is like an additional tip, but a small thing if you want to start small. If there's if you're already hunting public land and there's a house close by, maybe something that you can start by doing small is talking to them and seeing if you can park in their driveway and just that, you know, work yourself up into their driveway and now you got access to another side of the land maybe that you can't access. So just try being nice to everybody. You never know who's going to be out there too and uh, have tons of hunting leases that's going to be glorious for you. 100%. The networking is important, man. Really important. And now the cool part is meeting all you crazy folks. <laughs> we have, you know, exponentially uh, increased our, our hunting land opportunities, which is pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to hunting with you guys uh, one day soon. Absolutely, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, all, we're all planning something. Heck yeah, <laughs> man. Honestly, yeah, not to, not to, have a shameless plug here, but to have a shameless plug has probably been one of the coolest parts of the hunt lift eat team as a whole, uh, which is really cool. Just meeting other folks around the country. And now Josh kind of put plans into motion and there's people from all over the country who are itching to either come to Georgia or go to Kentucky or, you know, we're going to make a hunt happen, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I just kind of, I texted you and then put something on the, on our, our group there and, just asking, hey, how many of y'all would be interested in trying to get together and hunt? And 
you know, I'm like, hey, we have, you know, about 95 acres here in Kentucky and I can host a few. And you kind of said the same thing and, you know, which is awesome. It's what you want. And before you know it, man, I had like 30 people saying, let's go hunt. And I'm like, well, maybe we should go hit some public because I don't know if I can hold that many, you know, unless you want to sit on everybody's lap. But, you know, it's uh, but I mean, that, that's the thing, man, with with Hunt, Lift, Eat. And the, the coolest thing about all this, man, is just the, the team part of it and the camaraderie and, you know, the community part of it, man. Everybody, you know, it's uh, I look forward to you know, in the future, getting to hang out with some of you guys and go chase whatever whitetails or whatever it may be, wherever, but looking forward to it eventually. Heck yeah. And, uh, you know, team member applications are open now, uh, for the hot lift eat team. Um, so go check us out, go to the website, go check us out on Instagram at hot lift eat official. Um, and if you really want to help us out, leave us a rating, leave us a review, five stars, please. And, uh, yeah. We appreciate it. Appreciate the hell out of you guys. And we'll talk to you next week.